Hey guys, happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Bricklayners. Um, this week we are talking about PayPal launching their buy and sell Bitcoin service, podcasting 2.0, inflation bits, and Ethereum network issues. We're also joined again by popular demand. Dave, welcome back. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, who wants to go first? <laughs> <laughs> what should we talk about? Let's talk about the price. I suppose we should do it. Yeah. What's, right. what's it at? 16? Just um, above 16. Mm-hmm. 16 and a half at some, some point last night, wasn't it? Touching oh. 17. Everyone's got their price predictions on the coin corner board. <laughs> People are getting crossed out left, right and centre. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. less bullish. Yeah, for those who don't know, we did um, at the start of the year, we predicted the Bitcoin all-time high um, and everyone had a guess in the office, and people are slowly getting crossed off. I think Danny was the most bullish, wasn't he? Danny with 55k. I'm still in there. 55K. I'm still in there. Oh, I applied to it. What did I do? I did the cannibal bull theory. Oh, you did some... Where I just, you <laughs> ran I just, no, I just took everyone's averages. <clears throat> the, the, the theory being that if you took a cannibal bull, and everyone guessed its weight to a cannibal, the average, oh, yeah, the yeah, average yeah. normally is the most accurate. Wow. I applied that theory, but in no way will it work. Mm. I had no theory. I think I just... I had no theory. No. Except Whatever came to mind. <clears throat> so what do we think is driving it? Well, Dave tried to claim a few minutes before we started this that <laughs> his podcast appearance was driving it. Well, there's, there's definitely correlation there. There's so. a strong correlation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what, have we got 13 when I first... Correlation is not causation, Dave. 13 on the th- first podcast, 16 now. Yeah. It can't be a coincidence. There we go. Shit, we better keep, keep you on. Well, so Danny's supposed the... to be back next week. No, we don't need that guy. <laughs> <laughs> joking Sorry, joking what are the drivers then dave what do you think uh, uh this, this paypal going early okay. early um election biden's way general infrastructure uh, corona vaccination news corona vaccination whole market's pumped from that hasn't mm-hmm. it mm. so some yeah um the american market rose quite dramatically after that news mm. pfizer saying 90 percent successful uh UK government said they've got um, 40 million vaccines pre-ordered, ready to go. All good news, I suppose. From it. Plus, yeah. November is usually one of the best months oh, for the yeah. price. Oh, did we call you out for lying I did mention week? last week, but that wasn't a lie. Wasn't in the end. No. <laughs> did you fact check yourself? Fact on your was it like three lies correct. you were telling? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So that's the price. So Dave mentioned PayPal there, I suppose. Um, we should move on to them. They've officially gone live in the US with their Bitcoin buying and selling. No, not just Bitcoin crypto, sorry. So Bitcoin, Bitcoin mm. Cash, Litecoin and Ethereum. Yes. Yeah. Because I saw a tweet actually last night Last night that made me laugh. Um, so the description's on the website <laughs> for the coins. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. But absolutely terrible. Awful. Descriptions for the good one. They've got terrible descriptions. Yeah, yeah I watched their. I've not even seen. I watched their yet. promo video, and they've got like a supposed to be having like a education section, but judging by oh, the description nice. of the coins, it's not going to really? go well. Really? Yeah. It was. They were big enough like blockchain and stuff like that. As well, yeah. In the no. Ethereum one. It was. If you imagine a boomer trying to explain, <laughs> that's how. What right? What is a boomer? <laughs> well, wow. well, well said from a boomer <laughs> right there. Well, it's, it's, it's you don't know what a boomer middle, is. Like, middle 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 I don't know, Dave. Oh, oh, uh, I'm, the bo- I'm the boomer in the room if I don't know what boomer is. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, the, and the older generation, isn't it? Oh, right. I okay. Think. Okay. Uh, 
So PayPal have gone early as well. I thought they were going early into 21. Yeah, they've gone early and they've upped. They initially said the limits were going to be 10k a week, so $10,000 a week. They've up. They doubled that to $20,000 a week. 20,000. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, so why do you think they've gone early? Capitalize on the bull. Probably. If it's all ready, why would you wait? I suppose you would. Yeah. That's yeah. It. It's like uh, that cat who brought out was pub- uh, publicizing the card last week. Coinbase or something. Yeah, Coinbase. I thought that might have been time for a bullish mm. run. So it's a similar sort of thing. All, all the marketing departments timing is key, screaming saying yeah. timing now, get it out now. Yeah. I suppose you don't want to miss a bull run, do you? Yeah. Especially if you're offering purchase of Bitcoin. Mm. The problem with it is they still can't send, can you? No, no. And I think that's a way ways off. Really? Why? bringing that in. I don't think there's any benefit for them to bring it in. It's a lot of behind the scenes. So this is just price exposure. Price exposure, yeah. yeah. I assume they must, in the back end, they must be buying it one-to-one with their... They are. Yeah. I saw that the in the Because oh, okay. they wouldn't take the risk of trying to hedge it somewhere, would they? And they've seen other, other people, you know, big demand at Square and other places. Is it Cash yeah. App, is it? Cash App, I think, yeah. is where there's a big competition there. So yeah. PayPal and Venmo, so I assume it's going to go in Venmo and that'll be the big... Mm. That'll, yeah. be the, that'll be the big push. Right. Yeah. Uh, interesting one. So now it's it's kind of I think you're either think it's a great thing or think it's a bad thing. Yeah. I don't see anyone kind of on the fence about it. It's a bit of a funny one because the UK government very recently have banned CFDs, which is a contract for difference, which is a, a price mm. exposure situation mm. for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. And now PayPal have just gone and, and done a very similar thing and opened that up in yeah. America. It's a bit of contradictory standpoints from yeah i think the regs in america so i don't know if i think they've got the new york bit license or the piggybacking the license from someone paxos i think yeah which um the uk government only banned like like leverage and stuff didn't they if they were holding it one-to-one they kind of well no that's what what the wholesale ban on cfds and etfs and etfs but they don't have to be i wasn't sure whether they'd have to be leveraged or not Mm. anyway the likes of revolut have got around that though by just changing Terms and conditions by the looks right. of it. Okay. Eatorable. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. You're lying again. Lying again. Without having looked at the terms and conditions. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, but no, I saw a good tweet which kind of sums up my opinions on the PayPal news, which was Bitcoiners don't let their f- friends and family buy Bitcoin from PayPal. It's Whale Panda, isn't it? Yeah, Whale Panda. Shout out to Whale Panda. So anyway. it's not, it doesn't sound like a slick tweet to me. I, I think you're paraphrasing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fine, sorry. <laughs> well, I wanted to mention uh, oh, inflation. Here we Another go. boring accounting segment <laughs> that you could skip on. <laughs> Only because I walked past on my way to work a sign from one of our local banks. I won't mention the name. And it said uh, savings account at 1.5% interest, <laughs> which <clears throat> actually doesn't sound too bad, but good for nowadays then, the, yeah but they never caveated with uh, inflation um saying inflation essentially can act to erode savings it's a term for the rise of general price of household items and it, the bank of england typically aim for about two percent a year so if you've got savings account of 1.5 and you've got in, inflation at two mm. you're going to get erosion of 0.5 you don't have to be a genius to look that. yeah but I was just wondering, <laughs> I, I wonder, sure, because it's never mentioned how aware people are of it. And then you look at um, uh, how it's calculated. It's quite interesting. These are a basket of general household products. 
uh, which can include oil, clothes, mm. alcohol, tobacco, and that's ever changing. And it's the general price of those products is how, is, uh, amongst other indexes as well. So that's the consumer. That's a CPI, isn't it? Yeah, the consumer price index. You've got the wholesale price index, other indexes as well. But I just, just want to make people aware that, you know, that that exists. And then the argument for Bitcoin is whether it's inflationary or, not, or deflationary. Or what's the term you think it is? Disinflationary, Disinflationary. is the technical term. Me and Dave were having an argument about this this morning. Of, yeah. You hear a lot of people say Bitcoin is deflationary. Hmm. Whereas it's actually, I think the official term is disinflationary. So the supply is disin, the supply of Bitcoin is disinflationary until all the supply has been introduced, mm. and then it becomes a constant or even deflationary if lost coins and yeah. etc. So my point is also that um, inflation isn't a bad thing. It, it happens with the general market economics, economics of mm. of uh, purchase power and, and demand and, and sales, and it's just a general economic process but it's where it benefits and how it's controlled is another issue that uh, you see a lot in, mentioned in the bitcoin industry because of uh, one control method along with interest rates taxation is monetary policy fiscal policy is would be um quantitative easing and the, the yeah. to kickstart economies uh, whether to increase the flow of money and the problems that cause it could cause and if it's not uh, well controlled uh, the, how that inflation rate would would, would increase and um, how that would erode someone's savings. Mm. So you look back at that savings account and you just think, oh, actually, how fast could that get eroded yeah. if inflation was out of control? Um, so that was my typical point, really. And I was just thinking um, if the inflation benefits those that have assets or stocks, because you see um, typically those values go up. Mm. In hyperinflation, so like right? if you own a house or something like that, yeah, inflation is actually probably quite good for you. Yeah, mm. but then you've <clears throat> on the other side of that, you've got um, if you have cash, yeah, it gets eroded. So, but it's to try you know, really capital society. So you're trying mm. to encourage people to spend for economic purposes. Um, but then also there's a GG scale, a wealth distribution scale, almost. So about a wealth divide in different countries. Which you can look at, um, and it's, it's quite interesting to see that that might ex separate even further uh, the difference between the haves and the haves nots, the, the poor and, and the wealth mm -hmm. divide. So, if you've got a house and you're only stocks, then inflation is you know, beneficial mm -hmm. to you, but erodes those with cash savings. Yeah. So, it's just a, a, a different viewpoint of how Bitcoin might, or slight exposure to Bitcoin, might help you exit that loop. And mm. all that came from looking at a poster. Of a bank wow. on the way to work, and I thought, I mention that in the podcast. <laughs> wow. So yeah, but another quite boring segment. But I would say this: um, obviously, there's some great books out there, economic books. Mm. But the one I read recently was by Charles Whelan called Naked Economics, and that was just a if you want to get started on the subject, that's a, a really good place mm. to to go from. So I'd mention that. Does that I, that doesn't mention Bitcoin at all, does it? Or, no, it's yeah, just so about it's pure the, the market, really. Yeah, pure economics. But I also had a. I was reading another book. Basically, I, I, do you do you ever see Gate, Gates Notes? No. Um, like uh, uh, Bill Gates has a page called Gates Notes. Yeah. And his book recommendations. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and all those bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, quite just worth a follow if you haven't seen yeah, that before. Yeah. But he mentions like getting really fine. Like really narrowing down what his books are about, so mm. I started doing that 
So if I got this is off tangent again. There's nothing to do with Bitcoin or podcast or Bitcoin stuff. Apologies, but I said I got a book on liquids, oh, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I, there's a there's a quite a cool story. Um, but my wife said it was so boring <laughs> that I was like, oh, I could mention this in the podcast, and I was like, I told it to her, and she said it's so boring that people would turn off in floods. Wow. So I might save it for the end. Just just to tease it, the most boring story. So you've got to listen (laughs) about liquids, yeah, yeah, liquid story. It's it's terrible, but I thought it kind of linked in. But anyway, okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll write that one down. Yeah, write that. Yeah, if you want a really boring story at the end from a book about liquids, it's a great book as well. (laughs) I'm really enjoying it. Cool. Oh, anyway, Dave. that's my thought. That's my thought. So that we inflation, everyone. Yeah, I think in you're a, right in the fact that, in a nutshell, and all that came from just looking at a poster. Yeah, I know, Amazing. but you just think, why don't they mention it? They don't mention yeah, it. I think you're right. No. Most people, you know, they don't it take time be, to think about yeah. this. And I'm, I'm not sure if every saver is is in their mind that that, that actually even know that it's, yeah, the road one point five still gets a road. Yeah, but yeah, but but whilst you still need it for a healthy economy, so. That's so interesting because I didn't even know that they had that basket thing. Yeah, it's quite cool yeah. to see yeah. how the basket changes over time as well. Yeah. So things that would be purchased in the 70s or 60s have been chucked out of the basket. Not considered. Yeah. Now you've got all your broadband costs and different yeah. bits like that. How it changes is, is a sign of like the pattern of purchasing mm. over wow. that period of time. It's worth looking into, but it's an absolute rabbit hole of, <laughs> of where you can go. Yeah. yeah, It's unbelievable. You can literally, I think, just study for hours on inflation alone but yeah cool. interesting oh, thank you. can i learn something new on yeah, this podcast every week? yeah uh, moving on to i feel like we talk about lightning every week that's just from too. it's exciting my passion about lightning lying um, about lightning that's what the section <laughs> should be called um, so there's a new lightning product feature whatever you want to call it with um, so i'm not sure if you guys have heard of sphinx chat before mm-hmm. so yeah. dave have you know no um so sphinx chat is like a lightning it's like whatsapp but on lightning end-to-end messaging essentially um so those guys are working on that but then they partnered with adam curry who is considered the father of podcasting what would be the sorry what would be the benefit of a lightning whatsapp you know what i mean it's purely end-to-end peer-to-peer right you know you know facebook and whatsapp and all that kind of stuff current arguments over the world today about EU banning encryption the the whole yeah america want to open up that encryption thing so that they could then because the end-to-end encryption means that WhatsApp couldn't send you any information that isn't encrypted if you're a government agency. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's purely encryption, so the, the government agent wouldn't get any information out of it. But if they, America are looking to open that up... Yeah, they want to... Believe, so that they could see. Same with the EU, they want to force backdoors into all yeah, encryption, yeah, yeah. so if they come along, they can see yeah, all they, the messages yeah. and stuff. And I presume Facebook, Facebook are fighting that, are they? Because that's <sighs> going to cause them all sorts of... Yeah, everyone should be legal fighting costs. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, everyone. You can't, you know, you can't make numbers illegal. Essentially, it's just encryption mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So the, the another alternative might be a lightning, something like that. Right. Yeah. So purely on lightning, end-to-end messaging. Um, so Sphinx Dot Chat are building this on lightning. It's great. It, I think it all spun off um, like a proof of concept by Juice, who used to work at Lightning Labs. He did like mm-hmm. proof of concept, and then there's a few companies around it building it now. Well, they partnered with Adam Curry, who, if you guys don't know, is Kind of like, I think you might be the first ever guy to do a podcast. Oh, wow. What? No way. Podfather. That's, I think that's his. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's oh what they gosh. call him. No, Podfather. No, Podfather. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So he's essentially partnered with this Sphinx.chat 
to bring out what they're billing as podcasting 2.0, which basically allows you to, if you have a podcast on there, it allows me as a user listening to the podcast, I can pledge, let's say, 100 sats per minute. And as I listen to the podcast every minute, my Lightning wallet essentially sends the podcaster the 100 sats per minute. So it's purely optional at the moment. You can still listen for free and stuff. It's more proof of concept. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's bringing that streaming money, which I think we talked about last week briefly. It's bringing that into reality, essentially, of, you know, the streaming economy of pay for what you consume. Yeah. And rather than the subscription you model. Filtering it more to the creator rather than the... Yeah, exactly. It goes directly to the creator. And I think uh, like 1% might go to Sphinx and 1% wow. something like that. I'm yeah. not entirely sure on the splits, but yeah, it's basically pay for what you consume. So yeah. if I get half an hour into a podcast and don't want to listen yeah. to the rest... So that's, that's interesting though, because a lot of podcasts are, well, are free, aren't they? Yeah. Or is it... Mm. So this will allow them... So say I have a podcast and I fully monetize it in this yeah. way, I can remove all the ads. So then right. podcasters can become less biased towards yeah. you know mm. people who are advertising on their the platforms. And, mad on podcasts. Exactly, everyone yeah. tries to skip the sponsor bit. Yeah. And, and like, like the Spotify that. buying up podcast reference. Exactly, yeah, yeah, they're and going heavy in the game. That's not free, is it? And then yeah. It's whether you consume all the other content on Spotify as well. Yeah, so, so it basically allows you to monetize your own podcast directly from your audience without any bias of third-party companies, you know, ads and stuff. You can still run ads, but mm. the ones you want to, that kind of thing. A bit more flexible, a bit, a bit more, more flexible, yeah. So there's proof That's of concept working on Sphinx.chat at the moment. Um, I think we're going to have a play around with it. Maybe right, put this know, one on, oh, just yeah, have a play around with it. Yeah. Oh, then oh, you'll get more stats about people skipping my segment. <laughs> on no one giving us a huge drop-off every time I open my mouth. You only apologise. Yeah. So yeah, some great work going on there on Lightning still. Honestly, they're making waves every week at the moment. It's great. Yeah, what's been built on Lightning is unbelievable. Mm. Um, to say it's such a still a relatively small set of developers. Obviously, mm. there's loads of spin-off companies, but in the grand scale of things, it's yeah. a very tight-knit group of everyone seems to help each other and promote each other's work, which is great. Yeah, exciting to see where they, what we end up with, mm. where, where, where it goes. Yep. Cool. Um, okay, so I want to. I know our podcast is obviously called Bitcoiners, and it's Bitcoin focused. Um, but this week, I want to bring to the table <laughs> the Ethereum network issues. Any chance to shit on another answer? <laughs> I know nothing about this. Okay. Um, so basically, the Ethereum network uh, had issues earlier this week. Mm. From what I understand, and I'm not. I'm very. I'm Bitcoin maxi, so I don't mm. understand Ethereum. You know. I don't know no one entirely. What, yeah. Um, but from what I understand is that the network went down um, because the Ethereum devs decided to release something to live test it. Um, and then that caused caused issues um, that had upgraded to create hard fork effectively, which is what sent Infura, who seemingly. Yeah, Infura are like a Ethereum infrastructure company. So they're yeah. essentially an API, which is sat on top of a node which we found out that some of the big companies use, like yeah. Binance had issues. So yeah. They obviously used Infura for their Ethereum uh, wallet stuff. So basically what I wanted to highlight is the fact that everyone knows Ethereum is obviously not decentralized because mm. you've got the likes of Infura who, am I right? 
Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. trying to get my techie hat on here. <laughs> so if you're a, have like a big own a big part of the network, am I right in thinking? Or, I think a lot of people rely on them, them and their nodes to do use their Ethereum functionality essentially. Right. So when they go down, the network has. Yeah. Finished. So like they go down, Binance can't withdraw and right. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now with Bitcoin, we don't have those issues, right? No. Because the network's decentralized. We don't have a big provider who is. Got the market share. Or, yeah. 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 Um, I think, yeah. Uh, I think the big thing for me as well is um, so the likes of, so yeah, it was, as Molly mentioned, it was basically a, a change in the code that the developers just put in there. And it was essentially caused a hard fork. So it's like an unannounced hard fork. Mm. I'm not sure how many people knew about it. But Surprise. It, it essentially showcases the little amount of eyes that are on the Ethereum code and how, yeah. you know, the company Infura, for example, weren't prepared for this. They're clearly not keeping up to date with the Ethereum code. And, you know. So is it an actual hard fork then? Is there a different. A it caused Ethereum, a change. Yeah, it caused so a change. Two, two yeah, but Infura upgraded to the latest version, which then brought them oh, back brought onto them back the main together. chain. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it's essentially saying, you know, how the devs managed to get this through. If any dev on Bitcoin tried to do this, and which caused a hard fork, yeah, it just wouldn't happen. No. There's that many eyes on it, and you know that many devs looking over the code, and it just get refused and wouldn't wouldn't happen. It wouldn't get certainly wouldn't get to the stage <laughs> where, you know, it causes a chain split and everyone loses their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not to shit on Ethereum, but it is. Is a little bit. It sound like it. (laughs) It is Um, for me anyway. But it is just to highlight the fact that Bitcoin is king, and you can't, you know, when you've got a decentralized network like Bitcoin is, you're not, you don't have these issues. Mm. 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 I know you've got your your Ethereum fans out there, and it's it's great, you know, for some things. But when you're having this many issues, and this is just one issue. Yeah, they're already having so many issues this year. So many issues. I think it just showcases their whole, like, compare it to Bitcoin, it's uncomparable. Of, I think they like to say, yeah, the development speed is faster and stuff, yeah. but this these are, this is what you get from it, you know. It may take a while to get something merged into Bitcoin Core, but that's because it's got so many yeah, eyes. As a, like, who decides what goes into the code then? Is it a oh, consensus? No, Bitcoin Core. Bitcoin Core, uh, Bitcoin Core yeah. just the community. Yeah. You can go on GitHub and help decide if you want to. Can you? Just yeah. like what a vote. So if I come up with some yeah, code that like, might improve Bitcoin. Yeah, so it's called like an act. So if you ACK, it's called an ACK, A-C-K. You like right. acknowledge acknowledge the change and you know yeah. agree with it or you can knack it. So ACK or NAC. ACK or NAC. You guys. <laughs> and then so every piece of change, you can go on GitHub, go on the Bitcoin core right. repo. You can go through each change. You know, me and Dad so have done it. And it's a vote. Is it a voting system then, or is it only take? It's one not like one? a majority. There's no kind of rules there. Right. It's not like a majority wins. If yeah. five say yes and four say no, it's right. more like works on the merit of, you know, the weight of certain people saying right. yes versus no and okay. stuff like that. Anything slightly controversial is just like a no, essentially. Right. Okay. And how many people are involved with that? Then? A couple of hundred. Thousands. Yeah, thousands. yeah, about, yeah, not thousands, right. but okay. Uh, active, not many, but that just, everyone's always encouraging people to go on and right. It's quite interesting. That's why us as a tech team at Coin Corner, we've you know set time aside before to actively oh, yeah. go and you know look over things and try and act them and try to help out. Obviously, we don't yeah. know as much as those guys, but mm. the more eyes over the code, the better, mm. and the more people contributing, the better. Yeah, in that way, exactly. Yeah. Very good. And the less fuck ups. So the less fuck ups, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> <It's on Ethereum>. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
for? Was that everything for this week? Uh, I did have some additional uh, eight decimal places stuff. Oh. But with accounting, obviously, getting it, getting all Bitcoin transactions into into the books requires yeah, mm. posting at eight decimal places. My problem being is that most accounting software doesn't have it. Yeah, how, does it, how does it feel to be an accountant working with eight decimal places? No, no it's, it's the like same as working with two, really. Yeah, you just like get used to it. Account. You yeah. go to yeah. your little accountant meetups. Yeah. Yeah. What I keep having to do is um, the cool the cool one. Is going the cool on live one. chat to QuickBooks, Sage, or Zero. And say, oh, really? When are you, come on, guys. Like, sort PayPal have got it. It's <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Why do you keep ignoring it? Just, <laughs> just make this. But, do they uh, think you're mad? I don't know. They're just like, oh, it's on a plan. It's on a lineup. You're just like, come on. I think you're going to struggle even more with uh, giving you like a little heads up on this with Lightning as well, which goes yeah. to what they call MSATs, millisatoshis, which is 11 decimal places. Mate, I mean, I'm struggling to have eight <laughs> Which Dave is going to have to deal with on the accounts. You just end point. up having to use Excel as a go between and then yeah. put it in your books. But it's just annoying me. So I just thought I'd shout out to those guys to say, come on, how many times? My Twitter is just every few months just asking them. <laughs> <laughs> and ask our listeners to get on board. Help you to help me turn these guys around. I mean, how, <laughs> how much into this general structure of the you know finance economy does it have to get before these yeah. accounting softwares finally buck up and go? Oh uh, yeah, let's mm. put it in. Mm. It's not going anywhere. So that's a plea to those guys. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. okay well, on that you, note, Hank, well, before we leave, what the worst? The liquids? Oh yeah. No, <laughs> honestly. On. It's, Let's end on a real okay. low. All right, this is a real low. So switch off. This is a real. We've got an education <laughs> section <laughs> coming on. Well, this will be my, my swan song, my last appearance on this podcast. <laughs> Danny's back, so don't worry. Right. <laughs> so I was reading this book called Liquid by Mark Mianovic. Mianovic. I don't know how you pronounce that name, but it's a good book. Um, basically, in the ninth century, a Persian physician called Reyes uh, discovered kerosene mm-hmm. after distilling uh, what turned out to be oil. So distillation process, kerosene, really efficient burner, whips mm-hmm. really well, doesn't pollute. However, the Persian economy at the time was so focused around olives and olive oil mm. because large landowners um, <laughs> grew olives, right? And they, people were taxing olives mm. because olives pressed, create olive oil, which is also burnt. Mm. Yeah. And so people use it to light the houses, olive oil. Wow. Really inefficient burner, oh, really polluted. So I've thought, of, oh, that just reminds me, it's good you know, analogy, you're right? ignoring the, the, the obvious clean fuel, mm. burns brighter, wicks better, which is important in lamp burning, because your structure of your society is built around a more poorer, efficient mm. um, substance in olives. And I was just like, oh my God, this reminds me of Bitcoin. And I told my wife about it, and she yeah. said, that's the most boring thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. why, did, why did I marry it? <laughs> but now look, keros- kerosene, kerosene fuels jet planes. Yeah. Olive oil was used for cooking. So, hey, that's go. what I read and that's what I thought. Bitcoin is sound money. Yeah. Wow. That's what Bitcoin he's saying. Is so sorry about that. Bitcoin yeah. is kerosene. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, that's what I read about. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anyway. Oh. I'll get back to the book. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Time for our education piece. This week, we are talking about use cases for Bitcoin. Nice. So, I've got three here. Um, if you guys can think of any ones, let me know. So the first one, investment or store mm-hmm. of wealth. Yeah, mm-hmm. seeing more people putting on the balance sheet, which we mentioned yes. uh, last week. That's uh, it. It seems to be a, a good ploy to have a, at least a portion of it on your um, portfolio, your investment mm-hmm. portfolio. Definitely the yeah. most popular reason for buying. Definitely, yeah. 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 With data tobacco, obviously, the price yeah. has gone from 
zero to 16,000. Yes. Yeah. Over yeah. 12 years, 11 years. Mm, and we've seen a lot more places uh, provide exposure to that price increase Yeah, as well, which yeah. is just purely investment, isn't it? Uh, cool. Sweet and uh, simple. Second one, paying for goods and services. Uh, Sienna, this is slightly slower adoption mm-hmm. in terms of merchants accepting it, but we are starting to see it, especially here at Coin Corner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think even with the likes of Lightning as well, that is still using Bitcoin. So yeah. Well, no, that's going to be the payment rate. Yeah, the problem is when the price is rising as quickly as it is. Um, actually, our merchants that aren't exposed to the price rise, are they? Because they're no, immediately converted. Up. But when yeah. I, um, my example would be I bought a tent off a, a, another guy in the office <laughs> a couple of months ago for some Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin to Bitcoin transaction, <laughs> paid like £200 the equivalent in Bitcoin. And now that is worth like four hundred pounds worth of Bitcoin. But how much Bitcoin was it? Uh, I don't know, 0.02 something. That hasn't changed. Yeah, one Bitcoin is one beautiful. Bitcoin. There you go, beautiful. Yeah. And also, you've got a great tent from it, so I have. It's a very good tent. It's yeah. massive, <laughs> inflatable one. <laughs> um, nice. Okay, so cool. On the subject then of paying for goods and services, just the key points um, as to why people actually use it uh, mm-hmm. more secure. This is um, compared to standard payment methods as well, by the way. So it's more secure. It removes the element of fraud because it's irreversible, Mm -hmm. has lower fees, and it's a great way to reach new customers. Mm -hmm. I think even UX now is getting there to be... Everyone's used to putting their car details in on websites Mm -hmm. and stuff, but Mm -hmm. the UX of just scanning a QR code and clicking a button... So easy. ...is essentially easier than that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people are just so used to the other method that... They don't, yeah. they don't see it as easier yet. But yeah. I guess it it's a generational thing. Yeah. You know, I think like when, I, like my mum, she, she's up like the next sort of up generation, but she doesn't ever buy anything online. Yeah. But was, whereas that's what I grew up with. I was always worried about putting, you know, the wrong address in. Um, Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, when you do a Bitcoin transaction. Mm. But well, that's why this is the QR code. Scan yeah, yeah. Very, very rare that people do actually end up. You never end up, t- you never type it out, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, the chances of if you misspell a character, it's not good. It's going to be an invalid Bitcoin address. Yeah. So, so I always just thought it gets sent to someone else, but nah, in fact, but it no. just doesn't go through. Yeah. There's actually nothing to worry about. Yeah. Mm. We should be fine. But yeah, most people are scanning QR codes nowadays. Yeah. yeah it's the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is Bitcoin remittance. So, for people who don't know what remittance is, that's the element of sending money around the world. Um, you've got, you know, you've got your likes of Western Union and MoneyGram, who are your um remittance people that you go and send money through yeah. but as we've seen i think we discussed on the episode last week uh the billion dollar transaction that was moved for 13 dollars. yeah now i don't know where in the world that was moved to but it could have been anywhere it could have been anywhere it and could with, have been mars yeah could have been mars you know and with bitcoin doesn't matter where you're sending it who you're sending it to or where you're sending to or what time you're I sending don't think it. it could have been mars yeah I, I, <laughs> no one's on mars at the moment prove it okay are you done? <laughs> um, you know, and that was that was sent for thirteen dollars, which is considered high. Um, yeah, they sent it with of... a high fee at yeah. the time of the Bitcoin network. So, um, but you... just goes to show, really. Yeah. I think the current, like you say, the current remittance facilitators for normal theaters is such long waiting times, and well, you can't send a billion dollars for thirteen. Exactly. Yeah, if sure. you tried to send a billion dollars, it'd probably take 
you know, a month. In one transaction as well. Yeah, it'd probably take a month for them to get set up for it and ready to do <laughs> it, and then the fee would be unbelievable. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so those are the three main use cases for Bitcoin at this moment in time. Cool. Cool. Thanks. You hope, you, hope you learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just one other thing to add, um, seeing as Danny's not here. Can't stop me from saying this. Um, just shout out to local people here on the Isle of Man. Um, Danny is actually appearing in person uh, at Noah Big House next Tuesday for um, a startup grind event. Uh, so next Tuesday at Noah Big House at five thirty, um, going to be discussing basically the story of Coin Corner, mm. how it came to be. Um, you know, going to be. I think it's you know for people who are looking to start a business, it's good for them to understand sort of like the challenges um our one i think danny's talk is going to be specifically obviously about coin corner so it's going to have a few more challenges than your typical mm. startup business mm. um but it'll be a good a good event i reckon yeah i think yeah. It's, it's important the coin corner's culture is quite unique isn't it mm. so it, to, to harness that i think danny and phil have done quite a good job and it's yeah. about how it's the most important thing really because it's a what do they say you can Hire the um, don't hire the skills, hire the actors. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's I've just made that. That's, 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 yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically that. I think I said that before, but yeah, I think it's well worth going and can learn a lot from it. Yeah, limited tickets available. Yeah, but I think they are filming it and releasing it. I believe so. Um, so um, those across the world can also watch. Yeah, we'll somewhere. include a link as well um, for where you can get the tickets. But yeah, if you're interested in. Bitcoin or Coin Corner or just, you know, how to start a business. I think it's a really great thing for, for you to attend. So hopefully see you there. Great. Thanks, guys. Cool. That wraps up for this week, guys. Thank you. Cheerio. Thanks. Peace.